You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is a big episode. Tuesday, November 16th, Just Baseball Show, Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. To be honest, this feels like our full season recap, but individually. Yeah. MLB, Kinda. the all MLB team, right? That's going to be announced. We're going to fill out our Just Baseball ballot for the all MLB team. This really does feel like a season in review, lauding the accomplishments of the best players in baseball. Absolutely. And also when we were deciding on how we were going to do it right, we were thinking, should you have your own MLB team and I have my own? And then we argue. But when you consider how many players need to be talked about, and if you add the arguments into it, we're looking at a five-hour podcast. So we saved all the arguments for the pre-recording, and this is both of our all MLB team. And I'm very excited. I am very excited because, I mean, what's more fun than this? I mean, maybe giving out billions of dollars in contracts but also just saying who was the best of 2021 i love it and just paying homage to the freaks that are in our game which is very fun yeah we couldn't get away with a five-hour podcast we don't have the clout that joe rogan has also on a joe rogan related note i'm getting my booster shot today for the vaccine so very excited about that go get your shots i feel great and i cannot wear a mask in bars and i feel fine the crazy thing about new york city too vaccine passport or you're just not getting in anywhere yeah you heard it clear no it's clear it clear is an app that you can have like your proof of vaccination on but it's also like tsa pre-check on steroids in um, yeah a bunch of different airports so like i don't know what the difference is john rothstein is like the best college basketball follow on twitter and he's got one of his quick one-liners where you know he's just like um you know Chris Holtman, more meticulous than a forensics officer, that type of thing. Villanova basketball has become a Fortune 500 company. His one that he started with is TSA PreCheck, life-altering. And now it's clear, TSA PreCheck on steroids or something like that. And it apparently it's awesome. So I got to look into clear. So we, we mentioned the steroids part. You, you just mentioned steroids. And I saw in yesterday's on monday's podcast episode you and arm were talking about steroids i haven't gotten a chance to listen because we're recording kind of early on monday can you just elaborate on a little bit of the steroids because i saw steroids might be coming back and i was like wait what the hell did you guys talk about yeah no uh so what we were talking about was this is 
um, this is the deciding year for steroids in baseball history in yeah. terms of the Hall of Fame vote. So you've got okay. Bonds and Clemens on their 10th year on the ballot. So if they don't make it this year, they're off, and it's up to the senior vote to get them in. This is also A-Rod and Poppy's first year on the ballot. So if Bonds and Clemens get in, A-Rod and Poppy should be first ballot Hall of Famers. But if Bonds and Clemens don't get in, then that probably means that A-Rod and Poppy are not getting in. They're 10 years on there. And if they do in like year four or five, then it's unfair to Bonds and Clemens who were objectively better at baseball and should be in the Hall of Fame as opposed to A-Rod and Poppy. And this is kind of setting the precedent, right? Because I don't think that keeping a Mark McGuire or a Sammy Sosa out of the Hall of Fame means that Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens shouldn't make it. Because I think we all know that Maybe we don't all know this for sure, but I think it's, you know, probable that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, along with Alex Rodriguez, would have made the Hall of Fame without steroids, which is so hard to say, but I feel like we all kind of believe it. So if Bonds, so okay, throw it back to you. Do you think that they get in? And would you put them in the Hall of Fame? I I don't think that they get in. I personally would put them in. And I agree, I would too. You know, I, I elaborate on this more in yesterday's podcast. So go back and listen to Monday's Just Baseball Show if you want yeah. my full thoughts on this. But Dan Bernstein, who was a sports talk host in Chicago, longtime sports talk host, has a great perspective on what the Hall of Fame is. Yeah, It's a museum. It is a museum that chronicles what happens in baseball's history. The steroid era was part of baseball history. And you could make the argument that the best hitter ever was a victim of the steroid era or a subject of the steroid era, right? He might've been one of the villains of the steroid era. Barry Bonds, if you had to take Barry Bonds's career numbers and put them up against anybody, Barry Bonds is probably the greatest hitter of all time. Yeah. Maybe Hank, maybe Willie Mays, but like I'm taking Barry Bonds's numbers. The OBP, there are years where he had an OBP near 600. He just, I mean, he got one pitch a game and hit it out. And then the other, they would just walk him. They intentionally walked him with the bases loaded. Yeah. That's why when I'm looking back on the greatest pitcher of all time, I sometimes am like, you know what? Pedro Martinez is the greatest pitcher ever. Because not only was he the elite of the elite in terms of the numbers across baseball history, just some of those specific seasons. But when you move, when you realize that he was doing it against a bunch of dudes who were roided up and he as a pitcher was never accused or tested positive for steroids either. So that's why I say Pedro Martinez might be the best pitcher of all time because he pitched in the toughest era for pitchers. Yeah. And stacks up against the greats. You know, and and you could also make the argument that that's why Griffey is the greatest player of all time, because Ken Griffey Jr. did this clean while other people were doing it not clean. Yeah, but Willie Mays is still better than Ken Griffey Jr. all the time. I mean, what was Willie Mays dirty? We don't know. No, but like I'm saying, I mean, Griffey's got comparable numbers to Willie Mays, but we can spend many. We got to get into all MLB. (laughs) We're going to have multiple Hall of Fame episodes. Um, Let's talk all MLB team. I love that this is something that Major League Baseball is doing now because first team all NBA, first team all defense, like that is sick if you're first or second team all NBA. I always thought it was cool, especially first. I kind of wish, I guess gold gloves is first team all defense. 
But we've gotten into this conversation before. They just don't do that great a job at deciding the gold glove winner. So we no, don't really so- get a first team all defense. Spoiler alert, but somebody we're going to get into right away uh, won a gold glove this year when they just should not have won a gold glove this year. Yeah, yeah, that's how it, yeah. yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> um, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a rundown of the all MLB candidates and you can vote on MLB.com. Just search all MLB team vote and you can vote there. There are like eight to 10 candidates per position listed more for outfielders and starting pitchers, but the way that the vote works is a lot like an all-star vote. You select one at each position, including DH. You select five starting pitchers and two relievers, three outfielders you select as well. So we're going to run through, we're going to give you a a brief statistical rundown of each candidate, tell you why they're worthy. We also put together our all MLB team. So we will tell you the winners at the end of each position, breaking it down. We're also going to run through the team at the end of the pod. You ready to roll? Sounds good to me. Let's roll. Right. Like this is going to take a lot of time. So let's just, yeah, we got, there's a lot of players and a lot of players that deserve some love too. So yeah, we got, let's just start with first base. Hey, before, uh, before we get into this about an hour ago, the Beloit snappers, the high affiliate for the Marlins totally rebranded and they are now the Beloit sky carp. The names in minor league baseball. I don't get them. I mean, they're, they're kind of hilarious, but I mean, you're the voice of the tin caps. What the hell is a tin cap? It's an apple that wears a, a pot on its head. Uh, What's wrong with like being like the Hawks or the Eagles or the Lions? I mean, these are all just kind of basic, but. Eh. Yeah, but like the Sky Carp. All right. Yeah, it makes my least fun. <laughs> Let's talk first base. Let's start with the guy that won a gold glove, but shouldn't have won a gold glove. Paul Goldschmidt should be considered. Um, he had a negative defensive war, but he still won a gold glove. He's been a really good defensive first baseman the entirety of his career. So this felt like a benefit of the doubt thing. But Paul Goldschmidt was sneaky with a 294 clip, 31 bombs, and 99 RBIs. Is Goldie back? Goldie's absolutely back. I don't know if he ever really left. Yeah. I think maybe he had some down seasons, according to him. And a guy we're going to get into later, Mookie Betts, a down season according to him, but still elite. And I feel like Goldschmidt has ranked with the elite first basemans for a while now. The only question that in Paul Goldschmidt's career is whether he becomes a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. I mean, Goldschmidt has turned in a fantastic career and he turned in another phenomenal season in 2021. Yeah, he needs to do more. And his problem was he kind of dipped into obscurity with Arizona for a little bit, but he was putting up crazy good numbers. Remember, he started really poorly this year. He almost kind of gave me um, Kevin Love vibes. Yeah. You know, with the Timberwolves putting up 23 and 14 with the Diamondbacks, just hitting 300 with 30 bombs, nobody's noticing. Then he goes over the Cardinals. Doesn't have a great start, like you said. Also not a great start to 2021, but then the second half, it was like, I'm one of the best first basemen. I might be the best first baseman in baseball, maybe outside of our winner. So he definitely deserves to be in this mentions. Totally. Uh, Joey Votto, another guy that we got to mention. 140 WRC plus. Votto put together the third best power season of his career at age 37. His two better seasons power-wise resulted in an NL MVP and a second place finish in NL MVP. This was also the highest strikeout rate of his career, but he surrendered the insane bat-to-ball skills for more home runs and more RBIs, and it worked for him. Yeah, Votto still bangs. That's all I got to say. Still bangs. 
It's so cool to see him back too, because he's one of the more likable players to watch in baseball as well. I just love that Joey Votto had this type of season and is back in the conversation for all MLB team. It's crazy. He's also funny as hell. Yeah, he's great. I love everything about him. His interactions with the fans are are great and they're wholesome or they're hilarious if the fans being a dick. Um, (laughs) Our third- And hold you accountable too. Yeah, exactly. Our our third guy to be considered, but, you know, was close, no cigar, uh, was future New York Yankee Matt Olson. Eighth in baseball with a 146 WRC+. 39 bombs, 111 RBIs, struck out 17% of the time, which is low, walked 13% of the time. He's a really good hitter. Probably finishes two, I would say. Probably the second best season out of a first baseman this year. And it's looking increasingly, increasingly like he will be a future New York Yankee, but for the A's, he was phenomenal. And also, it's so hard to hit in Oakland to have that type of offensive season. I mean, we haven't seen offensive seasons like that since 2014 Donaldson. And Matt Olson turned in that type of season. He's a stud. And put him in Yankee Stadium, looked pretty good. Hey, doesn't Matt Olson feel like the kid that would get off the bus when you were playing like a home game in high school? He was the kid that got off the bus that you looked at and was like, oh my God, he's going to rip my heart out. I remember um, looking at Jack Flaherty faced him in high school he's on the mound of usc just so much more athletic just so much bigger and that's how matt olsen looks like in the majors yeah seriously i mean with just that a big too. old yeah it just like how are you gonna get him out i don't know he doesn't get out often and that's why i'm excited for him moving forward too because is was this a season that we should come to expect from matt olsen was this a peak year i don't know exactly but i know he's gonna be a very good player for a long time we got to look at this um, home run derby contestants with the lowest strikeout rate. Like I, I bet Soto is a little bit lower, but Matt Olson's not far off at 17%. So a home run derby participant with those bat to ball skills, <laughs> that's a very enticing player. That's a good point. That is a very enticing player. Our selection for the all MLB first baseman is, I think, a shoe-in here, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. He led Major League Baseball with 48 home runs. He was tied with Sal Perez in that clip. He led Major League Baseball with 363 total bases. Total bases is every time you get on base, they add the bases you get out of the batter's box. So a single is one total base, a triple is three, a home run's four. He led baseball in total bases. He led baseball in runs scored. He was getting on base all the time. He was second in WRC plus only to Bryce. He was one of two players with Bryce with an OPS over a thousand. He was Fangraph's leader in offensive war. Vladdy Jr. put together one of the best hitting seasons we've seen in quite some time. And I could keep going into his numbers in the regular season of how amazing he was. We could just keep listing him off what he led in. But I want to take you back to the beginning of the season, spring training, even before spring training. This was a guy who looked like a potential superstar, but just was straight up fat. He was a fat guy. He was big. He was bulky. The Blue Jays said, you got to drop weight. And once you drop weight, you're going to become one of the best hitters in baseball. And he's like, you know what? All right. Drops 40 pounds, walks into spring training, has, I think, at the time, nine of the top 10 hardest hits in spring training was raking balls. And we said at the beginning of the season, 
this is the Vladimir Grove Jr. coming out party. And that's exactly what happened. He was a hair away from winning the Triple Crown. Yeah. The only question now is, is Vladimir Grove Jr. already a top 10 player or do we need one more season? Because, I mean, I feel like this is what we should expect going forward. But, I don't know, we only did it once, so... If he if he gets anywhere close to doing this again, he is and every number can take a dip. But if he gets in the same ballpark in all these categories again, he's a top 10 hitter in baseball. Easy. He might be a top five hitter in baseball. That's what I was saying. Maybe it's just a straight hitter. You could call him top three. You could call him top three. I You can easily call him Vladdy. top 10 right now. Yeah. So I think it's fringe. It's just. I, I, if you called him a top 10 player, I'd be like, makes sense. Yeah. If you didn't and said, I need you to see a little bit more, I'd be like, yeah, totally fine. But I think we all understand the talent level is top 10. He had a share of the home run title with 48. Do you get to cash out on that? What were your odds when you said Vladdy to lead the league in bombs? Plus 4,400. Lost. He didn't lead the league in home runs. He had a share of the league lead. That's not oh. leading the league. Didn't lead the league. That's no, no, no. I think that's why the odds were how they were. Plus 4,400. He had to lead the league in home runs. Yeah, but he did. But he didn't. But he did. (laughs) But I know he died for the lead. It was a very Uh, small bet, so I'm not not too upset about it. Yeah, but it's still plus 4,400. And I will give you credit for absolutely nailing that. Thank you. Let's go to second base. A guy that should be considered on the all MLB team is Brandon Lau with the Tampa Bay Rays. Lau hitting 39 homers is weirder than Mitch Hanniger hitting 39 homers. <laughs> Both those guys are just like, what the hell? He had an 863 OPS and a 137 WRC plus. I know you watched Lau all the time being in the AL East. Just breaks the power with him. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to get you 450-foot home runs. But I mean, we're talking 380, line drive out of the park. 40 God. times. He's, yeah, I know. He's just – but the thing is, he's also – he strikes out a lot. And personally, I just uh, – watching him as a Yankee to a Ray, I hated him, which goes to show how good he was. But he's also not been that great in the playoffs. But over the span of 2021, Brandon Lau – deserves to be in this conversation. Yeah, my thing with Lau was there was just no sex appeal with him. There was some sex appeal with a lot of other guys in Tampa, but like nothing about watching Brandon Lau had me hot and bothered. Yeah, because he doesn't do anything amazing, but he does everything well. And that goes to say for a lot of players on this list, they may not be number one in in one thing, but they're top five in a lot of things. And Brandon Lau's not top five in a lot of things. But he still is very good across the board. The yeah. only thing I would improve is his bat-to-ball skills. But when you hit 39 home runs and you're still getting on base and you have a solid OPS and you're kind of making up for it in other ways, I say, you know what? You're still a beast. Yeah. Joey Votto had a transcendent power season for him. So did Jose Altuve, who should also be considered um, for all MLB second base. Altuve had the best power season of his career. He had 31 homers, which tied a career high. He had 83 RBIs, which was the second highest total of his career. He had the lowest strikeout rate that he has put up since 2018, and he had the highest walk rate in his career. So he was seeing more pitches. He was picking the right ones. And little man, 
hit 31 bombs. Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. one of the clutchest, one of the clutchest players. We also had a conversation about clutch. <laughs> um, that clutch isn't real. And it's an interesting conversation because Is when it? you hear me say that clutch isn't real, you're like, what? Why do you say that? Because all I'm hearing, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't made my full decision yet. But when you consider what a clutch player is, it's a player who comes up big in clutch moments, like with high leverage situations. More often than not, the good players often come up big in high leverage situations. Does that necessarily mean they're clutch or does that ne- just mean that they're good? I think when we're talking about the word clutch, we should consider really good players and who was better in high leverage situations. And that makes them more clutch. But I'm also, and especially that variance in the stat on fan graphs too, how someone like a Derek Jeter could have a positive clutch percentage and then negative year over year yeah. and not be every. So it's, it's a very complicated conversation and I, I don't necessarily have a strong opinion either way. I, you know, a guy is clutch if he's clutch, we don't have to go that far into it. But Jose Altuve has had a lot of clutch moments, especially in the playoffs. He's one of the all-time playoff leaders in home runs. Jose Altuve, the yeah. five-foot-four Jose Altuve, is one of the playoff leaders in home runs. For a long time, I thought clutch was about, um, you know, guys stepping up to the big moment. I think my newer way of thinking about it is while there are a very select few that do step up to the moment – guys are Brandon clutch because they don't fall in the moment. I think a lot of guys cave. I think a lot of guys like the moment gets in their head and the guys who, who don't get all caught up in the moment. um, Those guys are just more clutch. So I I like that everybody else going down and you staying the same. That's what I think it is. I think it should be when we're comparing good players and who is continually rising to the occasion and who falters. Yeah. Not like, David Freeze is just clutch because he just had that home run against the rain or and he could he had be. the home run, the triple and all that. But and is he, he like be. just like a clutch player? I don't know. But like Freeze could be clutch. Randy Orozarena is clutch. Like he rises for the bigger moment. But those are two of the very few that you could possibly name. I think there are a lot of guys that just continue performing to their standards while the overwhelming majority of baseball falters in a high leverage moment. Um, and Jose Altuve is a perfect example of that, of someone who rises to the occasion and definitely deserves to be on this all MLB team. Totally. One more thing that I want to say about clutch before we get to our next guy who should be considered. Um, I did say that there is a stat to measured clutch. Uh, it's not listed on savant or fan graphs. It's just called girth and they keep it in house. Um, I think girth is, is the clutch measurement. That's an advanced stat to me. Girth rate. (laughs) Uh, correlation between clutch percentage and girth rate where does it meet in the middle expected weighted girth (laughs) um our next wow uh this tuesday episode took a turn huh our next guy to be considered for all mlb's second base position uh should be ozzy albies he's just a switch hitting second baseman with 30 bombs and 106 rbis he went 20 for 24 in his stolen base attempts he won a world series he collected his second silver slugger he plays pretty solid defense at second base. Ozzy Albies for the next 10 years is going to be considered for this honor. I agree. And he's just under such a nice contract too by the Braves. They locked him up for what? Do you know the exact numbers on that contract? 
Let me I'll look at you right now. I, I want to say it's like seven years, 35. Seven years, 35 million. Boom. I mean, I Come on. Come on. Say what you want. You can even think he's overrated because I've heard some of that in some circles that his defense isn't actually as good as people think. The fact that he is a switch hitter, but from one side of the plate, he's just really not that good. But overall, Ozzy Albies, nobody's going to debate that he's a great player. And at $5 million a year, are you kidding me? I mean, that's one of the stupid. best bargains in baseball. That's stupid. And like we, you know, we say that, oh, these guys shouldn't be complaining because Ozzy Albies is still making five mil a year. What he does and the amount of money that he returns to the Braves just for his production and his likability is valued at so much more than $5 million. You can say that athletes are drastically overpaid, but, but the reality is like LeBron you can pay him any amount of money in annual salary to stay under the cap. Even yeah. if you paid him a hundred million dollars a year, his shoe brand brings in more money than that. He yeah. I don't brings more yeah. eyes to Laker games. I was like, I don't think you could really ever pay him his worth in an NBA salary. Never. And you can't pay a lot of these guys. Like what do you pay Juan Soto? Like what do you, I mean, we know what they're paying Mike Trout, but. Is that even worth it? Like, what exactly does Mike Trout bring to the Angels? Right. Nine wins, as in war. I don't right. know. Because you're still turning millions and millions of dollars worth of profit on these teams if you're an owner. If you're let's good. Get to the, let's get to the winner. Let's get to the winner. Marcus Semyon's going to get paid. Semyon played in all 162 games. He led the league in plate appearances. His 45 home runs were fourth in baseball. This was the first season of his career with over 100 RBIs. His first true season playing at second base, he wins a gold glove and a silver slugger, and he was the third finalist in a two-horse race for American League MVP. Marcus Simeon is your all-MLB second baseman. All of those numbers are impressive. The home runs, the RBIs, everything. I mean, the gold glove, the silver slugger. But what I really look back on is just like, he was so durable. He played every single game while providing excellent defense and offensive production. Like he was really the far and away, I think the best second baseman in baseball. And like you said, he can get paid, but he might not even be a second baseman next year. Someone team might say, you know what? You're just that good. We're going to put you back at short, even though his defense at short wasn't that great. Is putting him at second base, maybe better for his offensive production. I mean, you I saw Glaber when he moved from shortstop to second base was the, you know, were the errors, the bad defense getting to his head, affecting his performance at the plate? Could, was that happening possibly with Marcus Semyon? So maybe does he consider that? Or he's like, you know what? I'm just so good. I don't care. I'm playing short. Yeah. I, I, have yeah. No idea. <laughs> I, I think if I had to sign Marcus Simeon, I would put him at second base because I would just try. I, I yeah. Agree. Right. Okay. Let's move on to third base or uh, shortstop. Not third. Let's move on to short. Brandon Crawford is the first guy that you should be considering. He had the best offensive season of his career by a country mile. Career bests in batting average, OBP, slugging, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, runs scored, WRC+, all while winning his fourth gold glove. Brandon Crawford had this resurgent season, and it was beautiful. You could say Francisco Lindor has the best hands in baseball in terms of fielding a ground ball. You could even say possibly his teammate, Javi Baez. I'm okay saying that in terms of just hands. Yeah. Yeah. But Brandon Crawford's hands. Does, is anyone smoother at fielding a ground ball in the game? No. I mean, 
everybody wanted to be Andrelton Simmons for a moment. Everybody wanted to be Derek Jeter. Everybody wanted to be Lindor. Everybody wanted to be Baez. But here's the thing. Through all of those guys, Brandon Crawford has been second on that list. And doesn't Brandon Crawford look like if you put together every shortstop in the history of baseball into one player? Like, And I I said the same thing about Charlie Morton. He kind of looks like every pitcher ever had a baby. Yeah, he is what they look like. He looks like what you draw as a shortstop. Right. What you are saying is the prototypical shortstop. He is the prototypical shortstop. That's what it feels like to me. So, yeah, I think that's... And their team won 107 games. I'm going to say that for all the Giants guys because they all deserve it. That too. (laughs) Uh, Another guy who should be considered, Trey Turner, won the overall batting title with a 328 clip. He cleared Yuli Gurriel by nine points, Juan Soto by 15. 195 hits for Trey led Major League Baseball. He was third in baseball with 32 stolen bases. He got on base at a 375 clip. And he had a 142 WRC plus. Trey Turner is, we've said it, one of, if not a top three overall player in baseball. Like he's just so gifted at baseball. He is gifted at baseball. And it's another one of those things. I mean, in terms of talent, I mean, you could kind of make the argument. It's just like, what is Trey Turner bad at? But I think his... What really sets him apart, I think, is his speed. Yeah. Not only was he a second faster in feet per second, sprint speed. Oh, no, not a second. A foot foot faster. 30.7 sprint speed this year. Next best, Ahmed Rosario at 29.5. He had 147 bolts compared to 67 bolts. And I'm trying to find the exact definition for a bolt but I know it's a certain level of sprint speed that you achieved. And I think it's 30 feet per second. I just didn't want to get the math wrong, but I think it's how many times you reach 30 feet per second. And he is it was, like, is it he like got 147 times. He literally doubled the second best player. He is by far the fastest player in baseball. I love that. That's like, that's attaching one word to it for like, bolt. yeah, like it's barrels. Barrels means yeah. 95 plus off the bat. Bolts mean you ran this fast. <laughs> exactly. I love I, that. I think, I mean, I can't, for some reason, it's not showing up on this damn baseball savant, but I think it's 30 feet per second. Got you. And if someone, yeah, a bolt is any run above 30 feet per second. Bang. Found it. We're good. Bang. Bang. Easy. Next Easy. guy that you should consider is Carlos Correa. He was second in Major League Baseball in war among position players, only to Marcus Semien, according to baseball reference. Correa was far and away the most valuable defender in baseball. He can run it up to 97 miles an hour across the diamond. And you see it with the arm all the time. It gets there like a bolt. He hit 279 with an 850 OPS. Again, a massively clutch performer in the postseason. Carlos Correa is going to get the bag deservedly. So he did this in a contract year and it's awesome. You could make the argument Correa had the best season of any shortstop. You can make that with combining with the defense, considering Tatis's struggles on defense. Yeah. I think you could make the argument that he actually had. I, I you know, I don't want to give it away. I think everybody knows who our best shortstop is right now. You just said Carlos Correa was, le- yeah, he was legit that good. Platinum award winner in the American League. 
all out stud and he's going to get close to $300 million this offseason. Absolutely. Fernando Tatis Jr. is your all MLB shortstop. He was fourth in baseball with a 156 WRC plus. Tatis, as a lightning fast shortstop, hit 42 bombs, drove in 97, stole 25 bags. He was second in Major League Baseball in slugging. He was fourth in OPS. I have a question for you. Do you think that Fernando Tatis Jr. can contest for best player in baseball if the defense steps up and how much do you think you can attribute the the poor defense at times to his shoulder thing that's a loaded question let me let me answer the first let me answer the first part about that can he be the best player in baseball i think he can offensively he's as gifted as any player in the sport at the most premium position so let's say him and Juan Soto, let's say him and Mike Trout, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., if they have very similar offensive seasons, but I get the shortstop, more often than not, you're going to take the shortstop, which means he for sure has a chance at being the best player in baseball. But we look back at the defense. He was one of the league leaders in errors, but the problem with errors is that a guy like Tatis, because he's so quick and is laterally he's so quick as well, He he gets to more balls, therefore making more errors on a ball that maybe hits off his glove that other shortstop couldn't even get to. And that would just be a hit. So that's why it's kind of tough, but there's no doubt. I mean, the throwing errors, but then could you attribute that to the shoulder? I know it was his non-throwing arm, but it still matters that you're still playing injured. Yeah. So to answer your question, I would say yes, but at this point he's just got to improve on defense. But with a guy as talented as this, is anyone expecting him not to improve on defense? Yeah, I I don't think anybody He's is expecting 22. Him to be stagnant. Yeah, that's crazy. Even a guy like Juan Soto, he was pretty bad defensively last year and yeah. was much better this year. Like, y- you give Tatis one month, hey, just field ground balls in February. He'll come back, he'll be fine. Right, <laughs> if you, like, here's the thing about Soto and Tatis. They don't have much shit to work on offensively. That's the thing. It's like, what what are they working on? Just go field. Like, that's your only, like, somewhat weakness. Right. That's my big problem with pitchers not knowing how to bunt. Like, you can only throw for so long. Like, what are you doing with the rest of your time? Like, just go bunt. So Tati stole 25 bags. Yeah. Also, think about this. I mean, you know it. You've swung a bat hundreds of thousands of times before. Your front shoulder being hurt that badly that's hard to swing. And this guy put out 42 bombs. That's the thing. Did we even get a 100% of Tatis this year? Hell no. That's, that's the, that's the crazy part about it. Yeah. We were dealing with an injured 22 year old who was no doubt about it. A top 10 player this year. Sky's the limit. Sky is absolutely the limit. Third base. Let's start with Manny Machado being somebody that should be considered he was in the 96th percentile in the average exit velocity. He hit a ball 120 miles an hour. Like Machado's got it with the bat. All in all, he hit 280 with 28 bombs, 106 RBIs, all while not taking a step back defensively and being that Swiss army knife that you can put out in shallow right field in the shift. Machado, while not performing to the standard that he set for himself in Baltimore, is pretty close. I think he's, I mean, he's right there. 
right there. The defense is still good. I mean, it's still Manny freaking Machado. And he's got a big-ass contract, but he's living up to it. Also, hitting, I've when we say, you know, hitting in Yankee Stadium is easier, the type of competition, he is in the National League West yeah. at Petco, which is a notorious pitcher's park, facing that Dodgers rotation, that Giants rotation. All, I mean, Rockies and Diamondbacks certainly helps. Hey, man. But Antonio Senzatella. <laughs> Get your money, Sensatella. <laughs> but so you have to factor that in too. Machado is living up to the contract, and he is not one of the reasons that the Padres didn't make the playoffs. He no. was he was one of the bright spots. Yeah, no, the, the problem was Adam Frazier. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Adam Frazier. Hosmer. Jose Ramirez needs to be considered for this. He was and is good at literally everything. Jose Ramirez does not swing and miss. Jose Ramirez walks a lot. He hits 36 bombs. He drives in over 100 guys. Jose Ramirez stole 27 bags in 31 attempts, and he plays top flight defense at third base. We said it. Jose Ramirez might be the most valuable player in baseball right now, given the contract, given the team friendliness, and just how freaking good a baseball player he is. Just looking at his savant page. Red. It's just so red. And then his spray chart everywhere. What I'm going through it. There is nothing he doesn't do at maybe close to an elite level. I'm even looking at just like how he does against per pitch. He's hitting at least 250 on any pitch. Any pitch. You can't throw curveballs to get him out. He'll hit those. Obviously, you're not going to throw him a fastball. I'm trying to find the weakness here, Jack. There's no weakness. There is none. Even, I mean, I guess you could say he didn't hit the ball the opposite way that much. Who cares? <laughs> trying to find something. 15.1% the opposite way. I, I guess you'd kind of want that to be more middle. But like, I mean, who cares? Jim Tomei is a Hall of Famer. He didn't hit the ball the other way for shit. I was trying to find one thing he wasn't great at, and it's hitting the other way, and that's just this season. He's actually been pretty good at it in his career. So just I mean, this season, he wasn't that great at hitting the ball the opposite way. There's naked, the weakness. Dude, <laughs> naked eye, you look at him and you're just like, okay, like, you know, short, stocky fella. Your weakness is going to be defensively and running the bases. Nope. He stole 27 bags and he's like a gold glove caliber third baseman. Yeah. There's nothing he doesn't do. Nothing he doesn't do. Um, Rafi Devers needs to be considered for all MLB third base. He wasn't disciplined, but far and away, his most disciplined season, relatively speaking, to date. The largest difference between OBP and batting average in his career. That shows us that he's walking more. Oh, and 38 bombs with 113 RBIs. He had an 890 OPS, which was top 10 in the American League. Rafi Devers stepped it up late. He's a dude. He's going to stay a dude. He's only 25. You think a guy like Rafael Devers has just been in this league for years and years, and he might be, oh, is he approaching 30? No, 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 no. We're getting into the prime. This is one of the best offensive players in baseball. He hits high velo. He hits soft. He hits lefties. He hits righties. There isn't really a weakness to his game. I guess you could just say the speed, but 
93rd percentile in average exit velocity, 93rd in max exit velocity, 92nd in hard to hit. I mean, he's in the 90s of everything that's hitting. He is one of the premier hitters in baseball. Yeah. Our winner, who we think should be the all MLB third baseman, is Austin Riley. Pete, your most underrated player in baseball. He's not underrated anymore after the Braves won the chip. But Austin Riley hit 303 with 33 homers, 107 driven in, in OPS, two ticks under 900. He played 160 of 162 games in the regular season. He was top five in hits and is sneaky in the 70th percentile in sprint speed. He's a good athlete. He's going to continue to figure it out defensively. Again, much like Tatis, much like Soto, because if this year's any indicator of what Austin Riley could be offensively, he doesn't have much to work on there. So he's just going to keep working on his glove, and he's going to be here for a while. Talk about something to not work on with the bat. How about the fact, Jack, he hit 333 of off-speed pitches and 307 off breaking balls, 290 off fastballs. Oh, my God. He was literally better against off-speed. What are you going to do? How are you going to get him out? Throw him a fastball. What? He's slugging 507 off fastballs. He's slugging 609 off off off-speed pitches, Jack. 609. Oh, my God. That's nice. Let's let's see if he does anything wrong. Nope. Oh, my God. He hits the ball to all the fields. Hits the ball to all fields. Go look at his spray chart. He's 24, Jack. And it was funny. Austin Riley going into the season – I don't know if anyone was expecting that much from Austin Riley. This was not a make or break year. Not like if he had like not that great of a year, the Braves are just like, all right, you know, see ya. Cause they invest a lot. Like this is their third baseman of the future. Yeah. But that thought creeps into your head. If he doesn't have like that great of a season, totally. But he has a Donaldson type season. Like I said, in 2014, 2015, this guy, I love Austin Riley. He just rakes. I mean, he was one of the scariest hitters in the postseason. You said, you said my name often when you were trying to tell me what he does really well. It's like you're trying to convince me that I need Jack, to buy into Austin, Austin Riley. Austin Riley is good. Like, I'm all the way in, okay? <laughs> like, there's no need to badger me about Austin Riley. I'm all the way in. All right, that's fair. We added one more guy, so instead of three kind of runners up, we've got four. We'll go rapid fire through these catchers because we mm-hmm. got to make up time, right? Will Smith with at least 300 plate appearances. Will Smith ranks fourth with a 130 WRC plus. He cut down on the swing and miss and the chasing in his game. He has vastly improved defensively. Mike Zanino, another guy that should be considered. He had a higher WRC plus than Sal Perez and he hit 33 bombs. Yasmani Grandal should be considered because he led Major League Baseball with a 23% walk rate. In 93 games, Grandal had 87 walks and 82 punch outs. He hit 240 but with a 420 OBP and a 940 OPS. And then this is the one that's going to hurt. Sal Perez is the runner-up. Sal Perez is, I mean, Grandal. Grandal led led catchers in WRC+. Whatever you want to rank it, these are the guys. Yeah. And we, Salvador Perez hit 48 home runs this year and drove in 121. He led baseball in both. He had a share of the homer lead with Vladdy. But our winner does problem is it's yeah. the framing. Like he was one of the worst defenders in baseball. But you you get to be on the runner-up. You hit 48 bombs and drive in 121. At some point, it's like, dude, the guy almost hit 
50. When's the last time any catcher's doing that? And also, we've it's talked never about happened. this before. Talked about this before. Do you think it's hard to frame Jackson Coar, Chris Bubich, Brady Singer, all of these guys who are young pitchers who and the Royals go stuff first, control command later. So you're trying to hone in an entire staff of rookie pitchers all trying to show off their best stuff so they can stick in the rotation. Do you think it might be hard to to catch the, all these guys every day? And you, 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 everyone's pointing to Sal Perez's walks. He can't walk. He has to go up and try and drive in runs. He has to. He's yeah. the only one in that lineup who does so outside of like a Whit Merrifield. He had to be the guy. Uh, if it's if it's 3-1, he's swinging. He's not looking for the walk. He's swinging. And that's why you see some higher strikeout, strikeout rates. See a lower on base percentage. But he made up for it by hitting legit 48 bombs, driving in 121 runs. Legit 48 bombs. But there was a guy that was just better. Yeah. And talk about going out on top. Buster, our king, Buster Posey, should get your all MLB vote at catcher. He's getting ours. He was really close to a 300, 400, 500 slash line. 300 batting average, 400 OBP, 500 slugging in his swan song that we didn't know about until it happened. Like, what the hell, dude? Let us know. We want to give you a farewell tour. This was his best offensive year since 2017. He should get this based on merit. He should also get it for the sentimental vote. I I think, yeah, you worded that perfectly. Not only should we all be like, you know what, give it a posy, but it's not like he didn't deserve it. I think he was pound for pound, pound for pound, as if we're weighing catchers, (laughs) the best catcher in baseball this year. When you talk about his defense and that offensively, he was right up there with Grandal, with Salvi, with all these guys, but yet commanded this staff, Kevin Gosman, Logan Webb, Desclafani, Cueto, Alex Wood. Do you think they looked pretty good because they got one of the best catchers, you know, of our lifetime? framing the ball, throwing out runners, calling an amazing game every time. They won 107 games. Buster Posey, man. Look at the pen, too. I mean, McGee, Tyler Rogers, Doval, Dominic Leone, like they all had really good years. There is a direct correlation between Buster Posey being a really good catcher and that staff outperforming what we thought they could do. I bet if you ask them what was one factor outside just maybe yourself, that contributed to a career year for you buster i bet you nine of the ten are saying buster if not all ten yeah i well and the one that doesn't is going to get shit on by everybody yeah. else. <laughs> uh let's go to dh this is super easy because like this guy has to make it in one category shohei is going to win let's walk through who should be considered jd martinez has the best bat to ball skills of the dhs i like how you said that pete um he was third in war fourth in WRC plus among DHs. And he led the position in batting average. JD was good. He can swing it. He's just one of the scariest hitters in the lineup. Continually going to the playoffs. Who do you not want to face? JD Martinez talking about clutch. JD's just scary. Yeah. Still at 34. Giancarlo Stanton has Uber power. I mean, what do we need to say? Giancarlo Stanton came back and proved he's still one of the premier power bats at the position and hits the ball harder than everybody in baseball outside of his teammate, Aaron judge at the position. Giancarlo was second in home runs. He was third in WRC plus and fourth in war and really just showed out 
for a Yankee fan base that I think had some doubts moving into this season, but he proved like he's, we got to keep him. I mean, he's, or you could turn that right back around if you're a Yankee fan and say, now is the premier time to trade him possibly. But regardless what you do with him, he proved he's still one of the best DHs in baseball and one of the best power hitters in baseball. 100%. A, a guy that is going to be on this list for 15 years is somebody who you have so very clearly you have so very clearly said is going to be a Hall of Famer. You're not Alvarez for the second highest war among DHs, the second highest WRC plus of any DH. He would be the number one if it wasn't for the best player in baseball. That's that's and that's the problem. It's like you might just say Jordan one, Stanton two, JD three, and just throw out Otani, but you can't throw out Otani, dude. You get into Otani because, like, oh my god, oh my god. Well, he's the only player in Major League history to have forty-five homers, twenty-five stolen bases, and five triples. Say that again. He was the only player in major league history to have 45 homers, 25 stolen bases and five triples. He had a 3.1 ADRA also. Are you (laughs) kidding me? That is the triples. I mean, he's a pitcher. This guy is, (laughs) this guy is literally like that kid that just carries the team from North Dakota to the little league world series final. Like, remember Gavin Weir? Yeah, but like, if Gavin, Gavin Weir, Weir led his led the Little League World Series at home runs too. Yeah, but like Shohei is a better hitter for the Angels than <laughs> Gavin Weir. Like, you know what I mean? I it's like, it's. I'm just shouting out Gavin Weir. Oh yeah, no, shout out Gavin Weir. It's like Jacob Degrom, but he also hits bombs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean Shohei is the best power hitter in baseball, but he also pitches. <laughs> I don't know if he's the best power hitter, but the fact that we're even saying that and like considering it, I mean, he hit 46 jacks. Like, is he the best power hitter in baseball? He could be. He slugged over 600. Like what what are we talking about here? Like on the, on the video games, he's got to be at like 99 with the power. Right. Has to be (laughs) like, at least he's top five, maybe judge Stan Vladdy and then Rodani. Like, I don't know. The outfield is absolutely loaded. Um, you know, outfield and starting pitching, we're going to walk through who you should be considered really quick, but we're going to get into each guy that we kind of voted in. Fair? I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, Kyle Tucker should get considered fourth highest WRC plus among outfielders at 24 years old. Brian Reynolds was great for a terrible team. He's got a high batting average. He was a really good defensive outfielder. Tyler O'Neill is insane. He's five tools. He's a muscle hamster. He hit 34 homers. He's also really fast, and he had a 286 batting average. Teoscar Hernandez should seriously be looked at. Maybe the most underrated hitter in the league. He had almost 300 with 32 bombs and had the same war as Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts should be considered, even though this was a below-average year per Mookie Betts' standards. He's still Mookie Betts. Nick Castellanos was seventh in WRC plus among outfielders. He hit 34 bombs. He hit over 300. And then Cedric Mullins just missed the cut. He was a 30-30 guy. 30-30 guy. Can I say the three that we're getting into? Yes. Absolutely. Because I want, I want to also 
say this, that this isn't the best left fielder, the best center fielder, and the best right fielder. These are the three best outfielders in baseball in 2021. I'm going to work three to one. Aaron Judge. This guy had the third best season of any outfielder. We know that Judge is the ultimate power hitter in baseball, even though I guess 39 home runs seems kind of low, even though it was still 39 home runs. That just goes to show the level of power that Aaron Judge has. But he finished third in WRC plus at the position and was tied for third in war. And I think the most underrated aspect of Judge game is his fielding. He's really one of the best defensive right fielders in baseball. And he... The thing is with Aaron Judge is, yes, he's a hundredth percentile in average exit velocity, max exit velocity, and barrel rate, but, or hard hit rate, excuse me, and barrel rate. But he's not going for a home run every single time. That's not his game. He's just not lucking, obviously, but he is kind of just lucking it because that's not his approach. His approach is to drive the ball to all fields, but he's just so goddamn strong that 39 of those balls just went out of the ballpark. Right. Like he is, um, he's a guy that doesn't know his own strength. Literally. Because he views himself as this 6'2 skinny guy that's got to spray it everywhere. But the thing is, he's 6'7, 280, and it's all pure muscle. So, like, if he has the idea of spraying it everywhere, he's still going to spray it everywhere. It's just going to be really hard because he's the biggest human being in baseball. And I used to say Aaron Judge was the same weight as Zion Williamson, but now Zion Williamson looks like he's 350. I mean, he's a big old boy right now. Big man. Big man. But he's still, I mean, he's still Zion Williamson. He's still a beast. But that just goes to show the level of size that Aaron Judge has. Totally. Number two, Juan Soto. Plain and simple. I think he had the second best offensive season. Not just outfielders. In baseball. Maybe third behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But still. He's an on-base machine that does everything well. And Jack, he's approaching best player in baseball status. I think next year, if Mike Trout is dealing with some injuries, maybe a down year and Juan Soto continues to do what he's doing, we have a new best player in baseball considering the improvements that he made on defense, considering he's going into his age 23 season. This is maybe already the best hitter in baseball, but I'm still just going to give it to Mike Trout until further notice. Yeah, it's a track record thing. And the reason Trout is defaulting to it is because of the track record he built up when he was Juan Soto's age. But now Soto has built up this similar track record, and he's at the stage of his career that we anointed Trout the best player in baseball. Literally. So it's like until Trout starts faltering, because Trout, I mean, even before he got hurt, he was at... He was in 333. Like his OBP was over 400. He was still elite. I think at the time when he went down, he was the league leader in home runs. So it's still Trout. But if you said Juan Soto is the best player in baseball, I wouldn't fight you too hard on it. That's how good this guy is. Yeah. But the guy who had the best offensive season in baseball is Bryce Harper. Plain and simple. Best offensive season in baseball. He led MLB in OPS. He led in WRC plus. Couple that with 35 bombs and the third highest war of any position player. And as Arm said, Bryce Harper saw one pitch a game and would do damage every single time. In the counting stats, it's pretty close between Juan Soto, but if you want to go to one big number, WRC plus, 
He had a 170 WRC plus this year. He was 70% above league average. Juan Soto, 166. 66, pretty close. Really good. OPS leader, WRC plus leader, Bryce Harper, best offensive season, all MLB. But him and Juan Soto good, both of them anyway, so who cares? They're both amazing. That's why you get three, the Democratic process. <laughs> All right, that wraps up hitters. Uh, so far, we've got, do, 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 let me open up the Google Doc. Um, first baseman being Vladdy Jr., Matt Olson, Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto just missed the cut. Second base, Marcus Semien gets our vote. Ozzy Albies, Brandon Lau, Jose Altuve, second, third, fourth, in whatever order. Fernando Tatis Jr., we think is the all MLB shortstop. Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Brandon Crawford to follow. Austin Riley, the third baseman, edging out Rafi Devers, Jose Ramirez, and Manny Machado. Catcher is Buster Posey, just barely beating out Sal Perez. Those guys kind of steer clear of Yasmani Grandal, Mike Zanino, and Will Smith, although it feels like Posey and Perez, teensy sliver of space, Grandal, and then a massive drop-off to Zanino and Will Smith. And then the DH, Otani, because, of course followed by Jordan, Giancarlo, and J.D. Martinez. And then in the outfield, Harper, Soto, and Judge, Mullins, Castellanos, Betts, Teoscar Hernandez, Tyler O'Neill, Brian Reynolds, and Kyle Tucker should get your consideration. But we're going to do pitchers on Friday. We're going to do pitchers on Friday. We're going to split it up because we could just keep going, but the pitchers is going to take 45 minutes to an hour. There's a lot of guys that we got to talk about, show some love. So we didn't think about, you know, putting you guys in like we said this is going to be a very long podcast so we'll do part two thursday though friday you me and arm correct thursday you and i again uh yeah yeah why not we're still trying to hammer out the offseason schedule <laughs> yeah but it's coming this week we know it's coming this week whether yeah, it's thursday it's or friday week. but we're gonna have an episode come out wednesday thursday friday anyway so yeah. just stay tuned people just keep listening God. if you want I mean, I would say we don't care, but we do care. So keep listening. We care a lot. And we love that you guys listen. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Uh, no, not saying that thank you, everybody, yet. Yeah. But right now, all the um, like podcasts, what am I talking about? Podcast social media links are all in the description. Use code FADEJACK on our Instagram store to get all of your Just Baseball merch. We just came out with the Not Gambling Advice shirts, and we just came out with some hoodies right in time for the holidays. Do you have anything else to say, Jack? Yeah, just another fucking reminder to send me my merch and send your parents the merch. Send your parents stuff to wear. I, I will. I'm, I think I'm going to bring it to them in a gift. So, Dad, Mom, if you're listening to this, you're getting some presents. Good. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Apple, you raised a good kid that just can't figure out his shit when it comes to the merch. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody.